All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the JDB 1611 podcast. I'm here with the first youth leader I ever had after getting saved. So I'm going to call him the first youth leader I ever had. So, uh, Brother Lee Franklin. You're not a doctor, are you? No, I'm no doctor. No. Okay. I was going to say, if you were, I'd throw that on. No, no doctor, man. No. Um, What's the name of the church you go to now? Bible Baptist Church, yeah. Anderson? Simpsonville. Simpsonville. Yes, sir. Bible Baptist Simpsonville. Did I get that close? Anderson's probably about an hour away from Simpsonville, so it's... uh, That's not close enough. (laughs) Simpsonville's right outside of Greenville. You go down 385, kind of between Greenville and Lawrence. That's my fountain Inn area. Yeah. That's my miss zone. Once you go below Greer Greenville, I don't know where I'm at. Yeah, so. yeah you get lost. Yeah, 385 will help you though. So. 385. It eventually leads you to 26. So, so I could at least find my way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. Yes, sir. Uh, so, uh, what's your pastor's name? Uh, Stephen Cox. Yeah, Stephen Cox. Stephen yes. Cox. You've been there for it's about five five years. No, no, no. I've been there. Uh, I've been at the church for three. I've been the assistant pastor for two. Two. two actually last a week we could go today so uh, wow. two years so uh yes sir good. so uh love it man love it god's doing great work that's good uh is anything going on you know right now actively i know that uh we've got vbs coming up uh vbs coming up next week um so excited about that we have stuff for our kids and of course our teenagers and um really uh we got kids going to camp into june uh awesome august is coming up and in August, we move our Wednesday evening services back to Tuesday. Have visiting preachers come in and have food trucks every night come in and nice. eat. So, uh, so excited about that. Always a good time. Yes, sir. I heard food trucks. So I don't know what it is, but I like it. We usually have two Mexican food trucks. They come in. So our church loves Mexican food. I don't, which is weird. The very I know the very first Sunday I went to Bible, uh, everybody took me out to Mexican. Our <laughs> pastor took me to Mexican and. Uh, Another family took me to Mexican that night, and after I ordered steak sandwiches at a Mexican restaurant, they thought something was probably wrong. Yeah. And eventually they said, do you not like Mexican? I was like, no, I don't like Mexican, <laughs> but I appreciate y'all taking me out to eat. So, uh, so yeah, we, they love Mexicans. So we get Mexican food trucks, maybe some. We had Fuddruckers one year. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, so that was good. So we've had that. We've had uh, different things, uh, ice cream trucks, different stuff. We had Brewsters. Brewsters came. Nothing so, wrong with the ice cream. Uh, so we love it, man. Excited about it. That's good. Yes, sir. Uh, feels like everybody right now is saying that uh, church services are going good. God's trying to do some things. I absolutely, know. absolutely. I know the uh, Tabernacle Revival. They mm-hmm. think they're going to their third week. Um, we just had uh, Brother Stacy Piercy. You know Brother Stacy mm-hmm. Piercy. Yeah. Uh, we just had a three-hour service the other day, and uh, never been in a service like that. People in the middle of the preaching. Just one of our brothers who got saved uh, got saved out of drugs and. Uh, real honest, real humble man. He just pops up in the middle of the service. He says, brother, I got to be obedient. I got to confess some things. I've been hindering the spirit in the church, and I just got to tell. And he, he was telling things, you know, not in depth, but just yeah. confessing. He had some faults. And, yeah. and then another one pops up, and another one pops up. And eventually I pop up. And I'm like, mm. but I've never been in a service where people confess things and just, yeah. just I, God got real that morning. Amen. Amen. That's people, awesome. So, uh, I definitely like the direction we're going. I don't know if it's just people have tried to get closer because of, you know, the political scene and what's going on in the world or what, but sure. I like what the Lord's doing. So. Amen. Amen. God's doing a work. He wants to do a work. Absolutely. Yes, yes sir. sir. Amen. Well, speaking of God's work, uh, if you want to talk about maybe how, you know, the Lord worked in your life. Can I... Amen. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually born, of course, in the small town of Union, South Carolina. I grew up 
grew up there and welcomed. I was actually, excuse me, I was born in Mary Black Hospital in Spartanburg, hmm. but I was raised in, in Union, South Carolina. Grew up going to Welcome Baptist Church. Um, uh, her, my first pastor was Pastor Billy Cole uh, for until Brother, Brother Cole passed away. Um, um, but I remember during, I remember a lot of those years, Jubilees during that time, having men come in. Uh, we had men like Mace Jackson come in and preach. Uh, um, Ralph Sexton Jr., of course, Dr. Maccabee would come in and preach. And LaVon Boatner, I, I was a big fan of LaVon Boatner. Have you ever heard of LaVon Boatner? LaVon Boatner, he was a very loud preacher. And when you're a kid, you're drawn to that. It's like this man is screaming so loud. It's amazing. And uh, so I fell in love with LaVon Boatner. And uh, I loved his cowboy boots. He had cowboy boots. And I'd never, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And suspenders <laughs> and, and a cowboy tie. He always wore that. He would screech, man. He would just yell. And I loved it, you know. And I started wearing cowboy boots then too. Uh, but I love that. And of course, um, after uh, uh, Brother Cole passes away, Brother Tommy Wimpy comes in for a year, and then Brother Jarvis comes in '95. Brother Jarvis is 25 years old then, young man. Yeah. I'm 11 at that point. But during all this time, I'm not saved. I'm yeah. not saved during this time period. Uh, age 13, uh, I remember having a dream at night. I thought I was dying and going to hell. Uh, I remember waking up, uh, bound at the foot of my bed, uh, praying for Jesus to save me. But um, there was no change that took place in my life. And I, I always think about the passage in uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse number 10. It says, For uh, with the heart man believeth in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. And what was happening is I was confessing, I was confessing in the salvation, but my heart hadn't believed. Right. And I think many people do that. They they say they're a Christian. They say they're saved, but deep down in their heart, they haven't believed. Because when you when you really believe in your heart, your life's going to change. Right. And at that point, from thirteen, um, I'm about seventh grade then, going to eighth grade, uh, junior high, uh, getting to high school, um, calling myself a Christian, saying I'm saved, saying I got saved from my bed. No change in my life. People at church think I'm a good Christian boy. Um, mom and dad think I'm. But I don't know if they, mom and dad ever think you're a good Christian boy, but they think I ain't half bad. But when mom and dad's not looking and the pastor's not around, I'm doing things I should never be doing. And I can remember uh, I started driving, 15, 16 years old, had me a little green firebird driving into Welcome Baptist Church. And uh, I, I had my rap music on from, from, <laughs> from home. And then I started getting close to the church. I turned it down, turned it all the way down. And I would I wouldn't pull in that church parking lot with that rap music on, but as soon as I left, started going back down the road, the rap music came right back on. I, but nobody knew it. I was a good Christian boy, you know. I wasn't, and uh, went through high school. Just I mean, I wasn't. I never got into drugs. Right. So never. But I, I got into alcohol and different things like that. Had had friends who began to get involved in those things, and just didn't didn't like church. Now during this time, I'm at church every Sunday. Yeah, I'm involved in the youth group. I'm singing in the youth choir all this time. All this is going on, but I'm a fake. Yeah. And, and I'm doing all these things. And I remember I get to about uh, age, late 18. I'm 18, about to turn 19 years old. And, and God begins to really, he, he begins to tear me down. I get into, I graduate high school. I get into college. And um, he's closing every door that I want to go through. Uh, my grades start they're not really. I'm in a secular college at this point. My my grades are not good. I have no motivation. Yeah. I'm going to college because that's what you do after high school. You go to college. Had no motivation. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. I'm I'm like, why am I even here? I'm here because mom and dad said I should be here. Um. So I'm going through all that. Uh. Trying different things. Okay. Maybe it's a girl. Maybe I need a girl. Maybe I need the one. I'll find yeah. the one, and then my life will be happy. Then then my life will be complete. Well, 
None of those relationships worked out. What never was the one. So I said, then you know, I'm gonna start working out. I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get buff. And uh, I remember I started I was I started to work out. I joined Body Masters Gym at that point. Had yeah. the key. Walked in. You could go in 24 seven. Started eating. I was I was about a hundred and I'd graduated high school. I was about 148 pounds. Little bitty kid. Little skinny thing. Yeah. And uh, so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start pumping iron, man. So I start pumping iron and start eating like crazy. So you eat a lot of milk, you gain weight. So right. I drink milk. I wake up in the middle of the night, eat a peanut butter sandwich, and drink milk. Lift weights, lift weights, lift weights. I gained about 15 pounds. Yeah. Put it on. Everything's going good. No, nothing. Still, no, I'm empty. There's something empty inside. March of 2003 rolls around. I'm 19 years old. Uh, have a great tragedy takes place in my family. My grandmother commits suicide. Um, really, it's it it tears us apart. It, it breaks our hearts and. I remember at the funeral, uh, three men preached the funeral. Uh, my cousin, uh, Ralph Brown, he was, used to pastor at Jonesville Baptist Church. Uh, our pastor, uh, Brother Robert Jarvis, uh, he preached, and Dr. Ed Maccabee, uh, who's friends with my with my grandparents, he uh, he preached. And I remember God really, really began to work in my heart um, at that funeral service. And so I go home, and uh, I'm there at the house, and no, no, nobody's there to lead me to the Lord. Nobody's there to, to give scripture. I know the scripture. I've been in church my whole life. I know yeah. what you have to do, but God really transformed my life. I trusted Christ as my Savior. I really gave my heart to Christ. And at that time, it wasn't, it wasn't am I saved, am I not saved? God, God gave me desires then that I never had before. The things that I used to want to avoid, church, the Word of God, preaching, I, I loved it. Yeah. I remember after I got saved, I always tell the story, I had the CD case. And it's full of your Tupac. It's full of your your DMX. It's full of all these these rap CDs and because M and M's and all, it was full of all those things. And I I just I said at first I did this. At first I I took all those CDs out and I threw them in a trash can. And then I, I began to there was at that time the internet was still, people had the internet then, but it wasn't like it was now. Yeah. But I began to find preaching on the internet. There was a website at that time called BiblePreaching.com. And what you could do, I, I, I didn't know much about downloading music and everything, but uh, I went on there on BiblePreaching.com, and I said, Mama, I want to get this on a CD where I can listen to it in the car. And I found just some little, I don't even know what it's called now, but it was something I could transfer the audio from the website into MP3 format. Yeah. So I spent like 40 bucks on that and got that, so that's all I did every day, new message. I think I got every message on there, put it on CD. Next thing I know, all my rap CDs are gone, and in their place are preaching CDs. Yeah. So I've got all these preaching CDs, and uh, God began to do a work in my heart. At that time, uh, I just loved preaching, but then God began to deal with me about preaching the gospel. It's early. Well, this is late, August of 2003, gotcha. and it's the weird thing. I wasn't in a service. I'm weird. I, get, I, I, know, I know some people say they're in the service. Everything's going. It wasn't that way with me. I, I was actually on the way. I was leaving Welcome Baptist Church. We are playing ping pong that night. I was leaving Welcome Baptist Church, and I had, I had my favorite paddle named Trusty. So I had to go back to home to get Trusty and on the way, and God just began to do in my heart about preaching. I know, it sounds weird, yeah. but he began to do it my and I said, no way. No way, I can't preach. I can't do that. I ran from it for about a year, the most miserable year of my life. And finally, I surrendered to God, this is what you want me to do, I'll do it. And I uh, surrendered to preach to August 2004. Uh, Brother Jarvis had me in the pulpit, I think the next week. He said, if God's called you to preach, start preaching. I thought, Goodness, this is crazy. I think I preached for five minutes. Five minutes. I never looked up. <laughs> never looked up. I read I read the read the sermon all and everybody of course everybody's being nice. What's well, just a good sermon? What a blessing. I'm thinking, no, it's it's horrible. 
And as a young preacher, I did this. I'm thinking, this is horrible. And I don't even know where the CD's at and where the tape is. Yeah. Now I wish I'd go back and listen to that because it means something to me now. But, yeah, I, I remember that. 2004, um, actually started going to Bible college at Bibbs under Dr. Maccabee. Um, loved that. Learned a ton. Uh, by the time 2006 rolls around, that comes around, I've actually put the Jarvis puts me over the youth at Welcome Baptist Church. Yeah. Uh, do that. 2006, 2007. I think you come around 2008, 2009. I think we popped in right at the end, maybe 2009. Yes, around 2009. And you look over there, and there's this kid, and he got a little afro, it looks like. Yeah, you remember that? I mean, Uh, good times. I ain't gonna say good times, but I remember the afro. Yeah, he had a little little afro and quiet. He was quiet. He was pretty quiet, kind of stood to your state of yourself some. And finally, you started to open up, went to, to, uh, what was the name? Impact. Impact Youth yeah. Conference. When the Impact Youth Conference 2011, you finally started to open up in the youth group, and and Josh is being goofy like any teenager, throwing stuff across the, the road, apples, and I'm like, what are you doing? So I remember those times. Good kid, good kid. God began to work in your life, and it was exciting to see that. And then right around 2012, I felt like God was leading me away, you know, to go to go and pastor. Um, love Welcome Baptist Church, but I just felt like that was that time to kind of move along. God led me to Glory Baptist Church. Uh, I was there for six and a half years uh, from from February. I actually got voted on my birthday in, Fe- in 2012, from February 26, 2012, until August, mid-August of 2018. Uh, I was at Glory. Um, learned a lot. Probably learned more in those six and a half years than I've learned at any point in my life. Uh, you learn a lot pastoring. You learn about, about people, but you also learn about about yourself. Yeah. And uh, And that's one thing that... If you've never preached the Word of God or never pastored, you may not understand that. But when, when a pastor stands up and studies the Word of God and they preach, they had to preach it to themselves first. Yeah. So those almost thousand messages I preached at Glory, I had to preach them to me also, and God had to really work in my heart and my life. And uh, sure enough, uh, 2000, around 2000, late summer 2018, uh, Pastor Cox had come and preached a revival service for me that spring. Uh, in March, and I just I just felt like it was time for me to kind of move along. God was kind of moving my heart, and uh, we get I begin begin to pray. God, what would you have me to do? And uh, actually, ate lunch, with Pastor. He said, "We're growing. We're growing as a church." He said, "I'm not telling you what to do, but if you, I need help. Um, yeah. We're up to we're running probably 300, 350 people now. I'm, I don't have an assistant. I, I need help." And he said, "Just pray about coming to join us." And at that time. Of course, my wife was born in Union. Um, I was born in Union. My whole ministry had been in Union. It was kind of time to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so we um we got to Bible 2018. I was teaching. I was teaching the Union Christian Day School there that year. I was teaching sixth grade, and I didn't. I didn't want to just stop. I'd already committed to it. So I I stayed there the whole year, taught that, and I said we'll kind of reevaluate. You know, I'll get to know the church during that time period. So we kind of just attended. I'd preach some for him in 2018 to early 2019. But then we felt like it was God's will for me to go full-time on staff there. And we did that in June of 2019. So I've been there ever since. So God's doing I gave him my whole life story there, didn't I? Man. Yeah. So this is where we're at now. Yep. So forgot my kids and my wife. Sorry about that. But, yeah. <laughs> but spiritually-wise, that's that's kind of my spiritual life story. So Yeah. Well, as far as all of that goes, uh, when you first got saved, and maybe when you you know first started getting called to preach and everything, uh, was there ever a time where maybe you wouldn't read your Bible like you should after sure. you got saved, or sure. did you ever struggle with that? I know when 
I got saved, that's probably one of the biggest things that kind of threw me off is the first two or three months I would read, but I never got instilled in it. And I never, you know, like most people say, they fell, just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of slow to it. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. and, uh, was there ever a time period like that for you? And if not, how important was that, you know, the Bible reading and everything? I, I will say this one thing, um, that I think we all fall into the trap of, we try to, to, me- to measure ourselves off other people's experiences many yeah. times. Well, they do it that way, so I should do it that way. Um, some people read the Bible through in a year. Some people read the Bible through in three months. Some people read the Bible through every month. Yeah, That takes about two and a half hours a day. It's, it's, but I, I, we have, I, I personally, I take my time with it. I try to chew on it. Yeah. And I, and, but I, I, to answer your question, I can remember... Even though I'd went to church all those years, I didn't listen a whole lot. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was kind of my own world. So I can remember picking up the book of Genesis. I started, I started again. I'm going to read Genesis. I love Genesis. Genesis is wonderful. I get into Exodus. And Exodus, this is great, man. These plagues, this is awesome. And then I get to the tabernacle. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, I don't understand anything that's going on. You get on into to, to Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, and and I'm okay. I don't know what's going on. Finally, get and I, and I almost and that's what a lot of people do. They get Leviticus and they die. Yeah, and they think, I don't. What is what does this have to do with me as a as a 20 year old new Christian? Yeah, and so yeah, I think everyone struggles with it to a certain extent. Every we're all different people, but the fact of the matter is, find some way to be in the Word of God is what I would encourage people with. Find some way to be, whether memorize Scripture. Yeah, I think that's one of the things of, of just not just reading it, but we're to meditate on the Word of God. But we can't meditate on the Word of God unless we've actually memorized the Word of God. And so there's different ways to do it. Just try to find a way to be in it and think about it. It's not just reading it, but think about it. Think about the Word of God. Apply the Word of God. Chew on the Word of God. Yeah. So that, I hope that answers your question there. Big time, yeah. Yes, sir. Because uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest things, especially for younger people. I know— I wasn't a big reader anyway, so mm-hmm. even though this is the Word of God, you know, this is the actual, you know, God speaking to me. Sure. I didn't really understand that either, mm-hmm. and I didn't pick that up until just later on, you know, in being in church and growing. I didn't completely understand that the Bible was God speaking to me, yeah. and I even kind of went through phases where I would see other people. It just seemed like they had such the relationship, and they would talk about how God told them this, God told them mm-hmm. this, and I kind of went through a phase where— uh, I was just expecting God to just speak to me in some mm-hmm. kind of, you know, feeling or fashion. And so it took me a while to, you know, understand that when I read the Bible, that's actually God speaking to sure, me. And through the Holy Ghost, you know, telling us, you know, what that means and what it's supposed to do in our life. And so I, I kind of went through that phase. So, yeah, that, that kind of helps answer that question there. So, yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Um, so on to Heather, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> How maybe did y'all meet and... Uh, that's a, I should have threw that in there. 2003, after I just got saved, I I was I was one of those guys through the school. I didn't just want to date. I wanted to find the one yeah. from day one. God never would let me find the one. Two weeks after I get saved, here comes Heather. I, out of nowhere. Right? I just get saved two weeks after. And then it was, uh had two friends of mine. They were, they were dating. They said, let's go on a double date. Just this girl, she's a nice girl, nice Christian girl. Let's go, just go out. And so... For the first six or seven months, we're just friends. We just hang out as friends and just kind of get to know each other. And just she was big into sports. I like sports. She played softball. She played tennis. She played basketball. Yeah. Um. We 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 began to compete with each other. 
Uh, I'd go out. I was horrible at tennis, but she was great. So I, I would try my best. I said, I got to prove this girl I can beat her in tennis. And I beat her one time in tennis. She was on like, she was great. And I thought she was so mad. But uh, we got, we, we that's, that's what we do. Our, our dates, we'd go compete against each other. We'd find go kart racing, back cages, anything we could find to compete with each other. We, we'd do that. And so, uh, begin, we begin, it got to be more than friendship. And we, that was 2003, uh, got engaged in 2007. And, um, I mean, really, and I'll always say this, at that time, you don't know how immature you are. Yeah. You hear people and people, people are are nice to you and they're gracious toward you, but I was so immature. Heather was so much further along than I was during that time period. And I'm seeing that now. And she's, I feel like she's somebody, she's still much further along than I am just maturity wise and. She she was she's very she was she's responsible now, but she's always been a very hardworking woman, a very a very determined, disciplined woman, and I believe I needed that in my life. Just seeing her as an example in those areas, it really helped me because I wasn't I was lazy. Yeah, I was a lazy young man. I I didn't have much discipline. I kind of just what there there was no schedule, there was no regiment. It was what I felt like doing that day. And Heather Heather was so disciplined and hardworking, and I'm just glad. God brought her in my life, and so that's how we that's how we met during that. And yeah, now we got I mean two kids. Uh, Lucas was born in 2013. Smart as a whip, loves vacuum cleaners. <laughs> he is fascinated with Roomba vacuum cleaners. That, I know that sounds weird. Nobody, you probably never heard of that. Can't say I have. But three years old, at three years old, we actually that's what we got him for Christmas. That was his Christmas a Roomba vacuum cleaner. Wow. He's almost eight now. He still loves Roomba vacuum cleaners. And uh, so he's he's big into that. Uh, Sadie came along in two thousand. He's smart as a whip. He's he's memor- He already memorized James chapter one. Wow! And, and so he's halfway through James chapter two. And my goal, I said, I'm I'm gonna buy you a Roomba vacuum cleaner if you memorize the entire book of James. And so he's working on it, doing great. So he's uh, he's doing that and trying to. He's smart. He's smart as a whip. I can't do that with anybody. Yeah. I love Sadie, but Sadie, we can't do that with Sadie. You know, Sadie's more like me. He's more like Heather. Um, but Sadie, she's sweet as can be, competitive as all get out. She's five years old now, great little soccer player. Um, she's uh, she actually she moved up her age group this past time and still was the best player on our team. So she's a she's wow. a good little soccer player, sweet as can be, sleeps with us about every night. So that's um that's Sadie. So uh, to answer your question, I gave you the whole family rundown there. So, I like it. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, it seems like a you have a sweet little family well, there. I do. God's bless me, man. I, if I could, man, if I just, I would have never known what God was going to do in my life. Looking back, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, if I would have tried to draw it up, it wouldn't have been any better. There's yeah. no way. There's no way. So I, I guess the, uh, this, that you just tied into the question I wanted to ask. How important is it to be with that the person that you need to be with? Not just settling, not just finding somebody and going with it. Oh, but. it's so, it's so important. Um, You, I think. How many, I always, and I think I may have told you this in youth group many times, is how many Eves did God make for Adam? He made one. He didn't say, okay, here's Eve and Eva and Avery and Ella, and you choose which one you want. He made her one. And I think it's very important that you make sure it is. And we don't find, many times, well, i got to find the right one. I have to, to find the will of God. They're not lost. Yeah. The will of God is not lost. That person's not lost. You focus on your relationship with God. You focus on growing in the way you need to grow. And you'll find them on the way to the cross. If they're going the same direction you are, you'll find them on the way to the cross. 
and that's to follow Christ. Because God, God was never going to give me what I wanted until I truly began to follow him. And when I committed, I got saved. When I got saved, I, I got saved. I mean, I had a, uh, now was I perfect? No, we're close. Still not. Yeah. But God began to work in my life. And at that point, that's when God, that's when I met her. But uh, th- three months earlier, she wouldn't have anything to do with me. <laughs> but but that's but that's the thing. God God brought her in my life when I truly got saved. So I think it's very important. You don't don't settle. Don't settle. Don't f- make sure you find the right one and stay with that one, no yeah. matter what. And because Satan's going to fight. And if for you newly married couples, you think many times when you get married before the they're, they're the greatest things that slice bread, and you'll come home and you'll find out. You know what? I never knew this about them. I don't like them anymore. You know, whether you like them anymore or not, you married them. So you still got to stick with them and begin to grow. Show them grace the same way uh, God will show you grace. And actually, I had I had this marriage counseling yesterday and told these this couple the same thing. But many times we think about marriage and we think about uh, that we think, well, she's supposed to submit to me. And, well, he's supposed to love me as Christ loved the church. The problem is... The men focus more on Ephesians 5.22 and her submitting, and the women focus more on Ephesians 5.25 and him loving me. But you can't make her submit to you, and I can't make her, and, and you, you can't make him love you. Yeah. Focus, men should focus more on their responsibility, and the wives should focus more on their responsibility. And that's, that's what makes it a happy marriage. Focus on you. You're not perfect. <laughs> Grow. So I mean to preach a sermon there, Josh. But uh, that's and, good. Uh, so. hey, the, to a young married man, haven't yeah. been married a year yet. That's yeah. that's pretty good stuff. There'll never be a time that you've arrived as a husband. There'll never be a time she's arrived as a wife. Focus on focus on what you can control. Focus on yourself, and you'll be amazed at the impact it makes on her in your relationship when both focus on themselves individually. Amen. Well, that's I don't know if you asked one. that question. Did I ask you? I mean, I asked you that question, but here you go. So I don't know if I asked it or not. Yeah, but that was a good did. answer. I don't think you did, but I like it. Um, well, as far as all that goes, as far as being a good husband, uh, I guess are you the associate or uh, sure? Yeah, you could say associate assistant synonyms. So kind of, yeah. So you kind of, I guess, help the pastor then underneath I them. I do. Yes. How important is it for? Uh, Maybe not even people who are associates, but just church members who are born again. How important is it to help the pastor? It's it's huge, and uh, because and and I would say this: I think many times there's danger in. Yes, I'm helping the pastor, but if you follow Christ and if you serve Christ, you'll serve the pastor automatically. Yeah, you got to be careful about. Well, it's the pastor. It's the pastor. It's the pastor. And though it is the pastor, if you love Christ. You'll automatically, that'll automatically take care of itself. And really, and I know this is a simple answer that we hear often many times, that's in any area of life. Yeah. If I love Christ, I'm going to be a good husband. If I love Christ, I'm going to be a good father. If I love Christ, I'm going to get an employee. In any area of life, if you follow the example of Christ, who was a servant, he said, I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. That was his mentality. You that that's important. So yes, it's certainly as a senior pastor. Before I guess I kind of know that kind of helps me because I've been in his shoes. Yeah, and I know that how big a how big of an encouragement it is when because you're no matter what church you're in, you're gonna have people who are going to discourage you. Yeah, you're gonna have people who are man. Why are they doing this again? How many times have I preached on this? It's right there in the Word of God. They know better. There's so many times, but then you have those. When when the when the nights get dark and the devil puts it on you, it reminds you that listen, that 
you're horrible, you're a horrible pastor, you have a horrible church, nobody appreciates you, nobody loves you. When you have those who are faithful, when you have those who they they've made up their mind that they're going to follow Christ with other heart, and they're going they're going to they're going you don't have to constantly remind them to do the right thing, because they love Christ and because they're following Christ, they're going to do the right thing because of that. That's a huge encouragement as a pastor. So I would say there's many areas, and and I will say this: I, I know as young preachers, I, I don't want to limit to these young preachers because many times, and this is what will happen. Well, that's the young preacher's job. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, it is your job to be what you need to be. Yeah, it's not just young preachers should be doing stuff in the church. If you're saved, God God saved you to be spiritual. God saved you to serve. And so I would say this: when it comes to that, number one, be faithful. Yeah, be faithful. I know people have different jobs, and I know well they should be there every Sunday. If they're a doctor, they can't be there every Sunday. If you have a heart attack on a Sunday, you're gonna be glad they weren't there on Sunday. You're gonna be glad they was available to 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 be at the hospital to help you out. Policemen. Some, I mean, hey, you can't. You, some some jobs you can't be there every Sunday. But if you can, if you can, be faithful. Now, at the same time, don't just well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to work on Sundays. I'm gonna make, to make more money. No, if you can be in church, be in the house of God, and, and be faithful. In but that's important. But be an encouragement too. Yeah. Don't be someone who runs your mouth consistently about people in the church. That's that's never good. That's not good for that church. That's not good for any other church. Be faithful. Be an encouragement. Go out of your way to love others. Be a joy to be around. Now, um, I don't know if you even asked me this question, but I get to going, man, with all this. But you're good. Be, be a joy to be around because, I mean, and some people, you don't have to have this, this glowing personality to really be an encouragement. Some people are shy. There's people in our church, there's people in our church that are shy, but they at least they smile. Yeah. Every once in a while, just smile, man. Just just be an encouragement. So, But it all comes to this. It all comes to this. If you're spirit-filled, if you're filled with the Spirit, all these things will take care of itself. If you die daily, Paul said, I, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said, I die daily. And when you die daily, you empty yourself of self, and you allow the Spirit of God to fill you yeah. at that point. When you do that, everything I'm saying is going to take care of itself. Get filled with the Spirit, let the Lord take over. It'll take care. You don't have to think about it. What should I do? He'll lead you. Yeah. Does that help? Answer your question. I know yeah. there's probably more than you wanted there, but I I like it. Amen. This is what this podcast is all about: is getting the answer from the preacher, from the guest. So, Amen. all the time. So, Amen. Amen. Um, I know I had been running these for about an hour, but we tried to cut them back. So I've got a little bit of I'm gonna say carnality, but we got some NASCAR talk. I'm gonna throw at the end. Okay. Okay. And then I've got the uh, I've got a lot of spiritual here in the beginning, and so uh, kind of for the next few. It's about five minutes or so. Is there anything just directly on your heart currently or just something kind of in closing that if you could say to just Christians maybe hurting, maybe people struggling, just in this time, I know because, you know, war overseas, over here, maybe the president you voted for didn't win, and maybe there's just a, lo a loss of confidence in even our way of democracy. In such a time as this, is maybe there's something you can tell the people struggling uh, that just need something, you know. Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, I'll tell you this. I think if we're not careful, we our country's in a mess right now. Our country's in a mess. But I would remind you, God, God's still in control. We forget that oftentimes. We look at the circumstances and we think, well, you know, why is God allowing this to happen? But I will say this. If you ever read the book of Acts, you go through the book of Acts, and you find out that you see the day of Pentecost. You see the you watch the ministry of the Apostle Paul, his first mission, his missionary journeys that he goes through. 
the church itself was under heavy persecution. There's a lot of immorality today in America, but if you really look at the Roman Empire, it almost pales in comparison to the Roman Empire and what they were going through during that time period. During that time, the church flourished. I, I am a conservative when it comes to politics. Yes. But more than that, we've got to be careful that we don't allow us being conservatives, allow that to consume our minds more than being Christian. Right. My main focus during this time is to share the gospel of Christ. We are, we are becoming a far more pagan society. Greenville, Spartanburg, Union, all the, Gaffney, all these areas, we're kind of in the buckle of the Bible Belt. But what we're seeing in our in our area is we're having people come from other parts of the country, and they're moving to this area, and we're seeing things that we've never seen before. I was at our church today, and uh, I have a, a guy who's interning this summer under us. He's, he goes to Anderson College, and um, we had two guys out in our parking lot who were riding skateboards today. And uh, I said, let's go, let's go witness to them. They come to us, man. They, and then, so they want to know if they could ride skateboards. I said, that's fine as long as you don't cause any trouble, as long as it ain't during church time. But I said, Let me, can I talk to you for a little bit? Begin to talk to him. Uh, come to find out, one, he's agnostic. Grew wow. up in a church family. That You think that's wild. Wait to the next one. He's, he's agnostic. Grew up in a church family. Um, began to talk about how, how he was smoking weed and things like that. Begin, very nice guy, but he was hardened. He said, because my parents were hypocrites. Yeah. Now, does that always the case? Is, that all, is, that, is, the, is the child always right? Sometimes you just want to be rebellious and you call your parents hypocrites because nobody's perfect. Right. And if my kid were to look at me, he'd find something I've done wrong. We, every, every, no, there's no perfect parents. But, he, he, but if that's the case, if the parent wasn't what they should have been in that situation, he's become agnostic. He wants nothing to do with church. He said, you, but my, 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 my buddy here, he's a, he's a practicing Muslim. Wow. So and I looked at him and I said I said I said you're a practicing Muslim he said he said yeah I am he said and this is in Greenville South Carolina these are two eight, both eighteen years old just graduated high school and I've when I was in high school in two thousand two there were certain things that were going on there was immorality that taking place but it's a totally different world now yeah we're raising people now that they're 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 anti God they were very nice and convinced them they're gonna come to church and visit. Uh, at that time, I could, I didn't try to force the gospel down their throat because they were hard hearted and they weren't ready to listen. Yeah. But I, I talked to them and they they agreed they're gonna come to church. So, but at that time, what they needed to hear more about than anything else, and I began I, t- I told them about Jesus. Yeah. That's the most important thing that we can tell this world right now. Get our eyes, get our eyes off the circumstances, get our eyes off the could there, could there be persecution coming down the line? There could be, but you know what? The early church. I don't want to be persecuted. But the early church flourished in persecution. And we're here for one thing on this earth, and that's to glorify God. Don't get sidetracked from that. We're not here to be comfortable. Comfort many times becomes an idol. Yeah. We try, everything we do in our lives begins to go toward our comfort. And how can I be more comfortable? We're here to glorify God. Yeah. And if, if that takes suffering, if that takes difficulty, then God's grace is sufficient during that time. Right. So I hope that. Yeah, that's, and, I like the answer. Amen. You did well, me. Agnostic, wow. Yeah. Practicing Muslim, wow. Yeah. So, um, well, on that note, is there anything else you want to say? Anything just right off you want to talk about? Or, God's good. Amen. That's uh, that's that's really, um, it's um, appreciate you having me on, man. Appreciate what you appreciate what you're doing here, and uh, pray that God blesses it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's uh, that's my heart. I want. I like to get 
preachers out there. I mean, we got enough celebrities. We got enough worldly heroes. I think sure. this time that you know, younger people hear about some preachers and even just people in the church that God changed their life and life can be happy. Life can be joyous. Yes, it can. You don't mm-hmm. have to have a lot of money. I mean, God's good enough. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So. Yes, exactly right. Amen. Amen. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming. Amen. Thank you for having me, Josh. Appreciate it, buddy. Yes, sir. Been a blessing. Amen. All right. Well, this has been the JB sixteen eleven podcast. I don't know what episode number this is because I'm posting them out of order. But uh, this has been Brother Lee Franklin. Um, hopefully, we'll be posting these every two weeks. Uh, I don't exactly know who the next guest is going to be, but I'll guarantee you it's going to be a good one. Uh, anytime you testify about what the Lord's done for you, I think it's a good thing. So. Uh, but until next time, God be with you till we meet again. Uh, God's been good. He'll always be good. And uh, if you don't hear from me down here, you'll see me on the other side. So. Amen. 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 Amen, bro.